Welcome back to I Love You 3000 Minutes. My name is Brian. I'm Richard. And this is the podcast of time traveled back to rewatch the entire Infinity Saga from Iron Man 1 to Spider-Man Far From Home. One marvelous minute at a time. This is minute 86 of Iron Man 1 and Mr. Richard. What happened? Well, uh, it just starts with, you know, Jeff Bridges mean mugging, ball Jeff Bridges mean mugging the screen like really hard. Like, I'm really not happy right now. So uh, it cuts to uh, inside Tony's, you know, super awesome mansion house uh, on the cliffside and Pepper Potts stepping down the stairs. Yeah, You hear her coming and you hear Tony struggling and talking to Jarvis and they're back and forth. And Jarvis is like, it really helps if you don't move as much. And he's like, hey, I designed this thing to come off, should come off. Just get this off and like all of that. Yeah. Um, and we skipped off a uh, a joke that hasn't aged well. What's that? Uh, the more you struggle, the more it's going to hurt. Rel- uh, be careful. It's my first time. The be careful. It's my first time is more tame. Uh-huh. It's not cringy, sure, but considering that it's confirming that Tony took Jarvis's comment in a sexual nature, sure, that was a veiled rape joke. No, I mean, Maybe if someone is the saying the more hey, you struggle, the more it's going to hurt in a sexual context. Sure, I guess. Yeah, yeah but Tony being the victim in that scenario, he says, "Be careful! It's my first time making it sound." No, yeah, he makes a more he makes a more tame joke. Sure. Which, but in terms of, <laughs> you know, in terms of definitely intended as a very uh, go over the kids heads, the children's heads mm-hmm. uh, type of mm-hmm. in terms of whether it's highbrow or lowbrow, it's definitely not highbrow. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, they gloss over it real quick. And of course, Jarvis being an AI didn't intend it to be that you know although there's the argument of like of course he everything's written by a human blah 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 sure longer conversation there but in the context Jarvis isn't making it a rape joke but Tony's taking it as a rape joke yeah it's the lowbrow joke i mean yeah it was yeah. 2008 it's a lot tamer technically than a lot of jokes that could happen. Hell, jokes that still could happen in a Michael Bay film. Well, jokes that still happen today. It's a lot more tame yeah. than a lot of jokes that happen today. So, But the idea of like <clears throat> ever having even that 1% of a rape joke in a current Marvel movie is like unfathomable. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Times have changed. Yeah. Way. Sure. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Pepper sees this happening, and it's Tony in his suit, and he really doesn't have any of the pieces off except his helmet pieces, and so he's really struggling. They haven't even, like, gotten past, like, 5% done. Yeah. And, uh... Um, trying to saying he designed it to come off. Yeah. It's like, uh oh. and, and Pepper sees this, and Tony turns his head like a kid with his hand caught in the cookie jar. I loved that pause. I don't know if it was an accidental production thing where, like, he's so far away from her and she's supposed to be delivering the line quietly, Gwyneth Paltrow, mm-hmm. that he didn't hear it. And then, like, John Favreau or someone just goes, and then he go turns, mm-hmm. you know? Or if it was intended for him to be like, <laughs> and then turn. Mm-hmm. But I love that moment, just that pause where he doesn't immediately react. Right. And so, uh, how does. 
what does he actually say to like get out of the awkwardness of the situation? He's, Let's face it, this is not the worst thing that you've seen me doing. <laughs> which is hilarious, and then we get most heartbreaking or emotionally charged line I would say in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene continues. There's more struggling. She says, "Are those bullet holes?" Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Just that's how it ends. Like that's her immediate question after his joke. You're right. Not, and I was like, that hit me. I was like. Oh shit! Yeah, this is fucking serious. There's steaks. There's, you know, D- delicious steaks. It's not, not for me. How do you like it? Not How do me. you like it? I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, so. they were delicious steaks. Anyways, so, <laughs> um, um, I kind of read it as even a little comedic because of just how like misplaced she feels everything is. She's like, are those bullet holes? You know, like she had no idea it was coming, but kind of there's kind of like the tragedy in that, that like, yeah, those are bullet holes, you know? Yeah. Like at first, like she's coming down, stepping on the glass from when he had broken it before he went to Golmira Mm -hmm. Uh, and she's confused. But no, that I never took that as a joke personally. That was always like the, the, uh, the alley-oop of the, um, subverting expectations, you know, like mm-hmm. give a huge joke mm-hmm. and then just knock that good feeling down with like a really just emotional moment. And mm-hmm. that's how I took it. I took it as like she was extremely serious. And then there's like uh, 5% incredulousness to it at the end of it, gotcha. at the end of her line that could be read as kind of funny, but not, you know. It's like it ends up being funny, but not in a ha ha way to her, to her character, you know. So, okay, yeah, like uh, of course, like her first reaction is like, "What the hell are you doing in a suit?" But man, I'm excited for the scene, the next scene they're gonna have together, because mm-hmm. it's just taking that. If if that question was an emotional serve, they're just gonna hit it with the tennis racket and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Get that point. I don't know sports. If if, if uh, that moment was a set, up. if that moment was a set in volleyball, it's going to be spiked later because they set the ball up for another person to spike it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's one way. So it kind of goes straight from Gwyneth Paltrow's "Are Those Bullet Holes" to uh, ten rings. Yeah. No. The, the, the uh, Jeff Bridges to Jeff Bridges. Uh, exiting his SUV, and he's in the Middle East. So, so actually, it shows that it's in the Middle East first. It shows that it's, you know, near Golmira or in Afghanistan or whatever. Yeah, that's my bad. That's what I meant by Ten Rings. The yeah. Ten Rings tent site. Yeah. And so it shows them moving around, and you see the bald big baddie, whom I guess his name has never been sh- given yet, right? So. Yeah, they haven't really uh, said names, but I know that the boss of bosses has one. I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, this is Fran Tahir, and it's Raza. Raza. Maybe it says in some of the dialogue that's uh, subtitled. Subtitles are wrong all the time. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe one guy says, Raza! So, uh, then it shows an SUV pulling up, and out it is exiting... Uh, Obadiah Stane? Yes. Yeah, Obadiah Stane. And he's looking around like he owns the place. So basically, that's how the minute ends. He exits the SUV, and he's looking around like he owns a place. Yeah, so if we're to believe 
since the shades are down around uh, his garage and the cars have been moved once again and we see that the arms are all out of that collapsible whatever dance floor looking thing to me. I danced. I never fixed cars, so I know <laughs> it's not a dance floor. But this is at night and then we go over to Afghanistan, so it's night over there, so there must be a good time period between it. Although... Because right, immediately before Obadiah Sane was sitting in his residence. Yeah, right, at so. night. So either I know that certain parts of the world are on different sides can have the same time, although it's harder for night. Like there's a justification for why in Infinity War all the places during the third act are during the daytime. It can actually make sense. But there must be a big time difference between this night shot in his garage and the night shot over in Afghanistan. Yeah, let's see. She's got her iPad type thing with her and she doesn't even put in the code. She just steps through the glass. I I also love how all the machines kind of pause to an extent when he pauses Mm -hmm. and says, this isn't the worst thing you've ever caught me doing. But not much more. Let me look at the computer screens in the background. Do we miss Captain America's shield? Yes, that's in the scene. It's in this scene? I've seen it in breakdown videos. This particular right minute, I just, there. I just 25 happened, seconds. I just happened just to thunk. ask. Yeah, yeah, 25 seconds. This is the Captain America shield that gets a more prominent, or replica, that gets a more prominent uh, spotlight in Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. When Coulson picks up and says, you know what this is? I'm like, that's exactly what I need. Here, here, lift this up. And he just shoves it under. It's a tiny little paperweight <laughs> kind of thing. Or little, like putting a newspaper under a corner of a table. Mm-hmm. Joke. But yeah, touche. Good job. Yep. Wow, I would have built so stupid because I was talking about it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's my that's my brand. And we get another Star Wars swipe. Or swipe? Yeah. What's it called? Transition. Transition, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of... Bunch of tents. There's a fire outside. No snow. It's a full moon out. Or maybe that's just a spotlight in the background of 43 seconds to illuminate the set. And a caravan of at least four or five big cars. Because at 47 seconds, the last car could either be two cars or one car with like... Oh, wait, no, it's, it's four cars. Because each car has like a circular disc on the top. Satellite. That's a satellite. Yep. Okay. Uh, some satellites look just like that. Yeah. Uh, so that makes me think. It, that makes me think it. <clears throat> that makes me think it's a satellite. So. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. I didn't know that. Five cars or uh, five four cars. My I was seeing a fifth car because I thought there might be something on the top, but then I stopped that opinion when I saw that all of them mm. had that little thing on gotcha. the top. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. Um. Obadiah Stain. Meeting them in the the dark of night, the concealed shadows of the night. Oh, so <laughs> the concealing dun, shadows. Dun, dun. <laughs> so yeah, this is going to be their bronies meetup. Like back in two thousand eight, it was still not cool to be a brony. Furniture's being moved upstairs. Is I also it, don't know if My Little Pony was a thing in two thousand eight. I just wanted to make a joke. Is it cool now to be a brony? No one should have shame about whatever kind of fandom they've got, as long as that fandom isn't child pornography. Sure. Or something similar. (laughs) Sure. I can agree with that. I think I've seen like one episode with my daughter, and bless everyone who's a brony. 
I think that's the male version. I don't know the male yeah. name for uh, My that, Little Pony fan. I, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but bless them, too. That was my point. <laughs> right. It's as cool as anyone being a fan of their niche thing that they're a fan of. Yeah. So. It's like I, I, I have to have said it on one of these podcasts before. Anytime someone asked me what was my guilty pleasure TV show, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I don't have any guilt. Also, have you watched Glee? It's fucking amazing. You know, during <laughs> that first season when it was first getting big. Mm-hmm. Like any shows that I'd be guilty of watching, I have no interest in watching. I have no interest in watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah. That I, that would be a guilty, not pleasure. <laughs> right. I'd watch that. I'd be like, yeah, now, I can't believe I watched a fucking season of that. It right. better have been for a podcast. Now, it's, <laughs> it's as cool or as not cool as people's niche things that they like to be fans of. Because me as a wrestling fan, most people I bring it up for, with, they're like, that's cool, Richard. I'm glad you like it. And in their I've head, literally like, said that and, to you, and, to your face. Of course, but I know in their heads they're like, but I don't. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I like, don't like it. I've I've said that in the context of like you showing me a montage or something. I'm like, I love you, Richard. Mm-hmm. And I will never take it away from you. Mm-hmm. But this isn't connecting with me. Exactly. Yeah, sure. But yeah, uh, I mean, people go into detail about like why it's not cool. It's like, I don't get what's cool about, you know, two guys in the ring wrestling each other, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't know if I would explain it to you, but your attention span isn't long enough. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it was our one star review or one of the one star reviews uh, videos that I did with Wolf for X-Men. But it was me saying to like multiple reviews, just just say it's not your thing. You know, sure. people are yeah. like, this is the dumbest fucking thing you be- Oh, it was about X-Men. This is, or no, it was about this. Uh, this is so dumb. You should see this movie where like a girl goes around Afghanistan. She has this really good uh, conversation with a woman in a yurt. And I'm just, and really what that person <laughs> should have said if they were emotionally healthy or emotionally intelligent is this is not my thing. I should not be reviewing this. We should get the art house granola bar crunchy marijuana cloud to i mean if so, or no no that that guy was the crunchy granola bar marijuana cloud going into an uh a pre-diabetic uh <laughs> like seeing a movie with seeing a movie that's more suited to that pre-diabetic character on the simpsons mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the comic book guy it's like yeah. this just isn't your crowd dude mm-hmm. <laughs> you shouldn't right. have been the one to go review this for the newspaper. I mean, anyone can critique it and it's fair. We just choose not to ignore it. Like I don't have to listen to them and don't act like you're the authority on it. Right. Talk to your friends who have your same beliefs and say, you're going to think all these things about it. But Mm -hmm. that's why one of my friends chance loves cloud Atlas. And I'm like, God damn, I'm jealous of you. (laughs) Because <laughs> that was boring to me. And I wish I had that passion for that. I wish I experienced it like you did. But I didn't. Yeah. Well, this went off the rails. It's fine. Just about it. Just like it's about to in the third act for Iron Man. <laughs> Watch along in the minutes on Instagram at I Love You 3000 Minutes. Check out the other minute podcast because they're. <laughs> What's going on? No, nothing. I was just staring off into space. Um, (laughs) You like leaned in and like you were so intent. I was stretching my back a little bit and just kind of moving. Gotcha. Um, 
I'm Richard. I'm Brian. You've got an army. We've got a podcast.